Hello, hello, hello. Good day to you. Welcome back to another episode of Brain Body Resilience. This is episode number 78, and I am your host, JPB. Let's get into this. Today, I want to talk about something that came up in a client visit recently, and I felt like it was worth expanding on here. And so here we are. That is the idea that um, what... (laughs) What I want to get into is the idea that showing up for your job, your friends, your work is the same as showing up for yourself. This is, this is how you show up for yourself. And for today's purposes, I'm going to say no. And we're going to get into why. Number one, being there for yourself. And I want you to think about this idea and ask yourself if it feels like enough. And before we kind of get pulled into the the need for community argument, I'm going to stop you right there, if that's in your head, and submit this immediately as a both-and concept. Because yes, we are humans, we need community support, we are social creatures, um, and we need other humans to fulfill some of our needs. This is why we have like incredible adaptations in our biology, in our anatomy that facilitate this. We have specific sets of sensory receptors, touch receptors on our back, outside of our own reach that are activated during an embrace. This is why we like put our hands on people's backs to comfort them. That's a fun fact for you. So yes, we need community. We need relationships. It's a whole piece of this life as human. So now let me ask you this. What about the relationship you have with yourself? Do you feel like that one is as important as the other relationships you hold and give your time and attention and energy to? I'm going to go back to the original question here. Do you feel like being there for yourself is enough? Not that it's all you'll ever need, but do you feel like it's enough? Do you feel like your own support, being your own cheerleader, creating a safe and safe environment for yourself, which for some of us at certain times or in our lives can only be internal. Some of our external environments are not safe. So we have to create that space internally for ourselves. Do you get excited about your own company? And if the answer is no to that, how do you expect anyone else to get excited around you about your company? Those are all questions to kind of maybe, maybe take down, maybe note down, revisit. But the point is sometimes we pour so much of our energy into caring for others and being there when our people need us that we have to take that intentional moment to pause and consider our commitments. Because as the brilliant James Olivia says, your commitments dictate your boundaries. And so if I understand that the commitments I currently hold are first to myself, because I need to be healthy, I need to be functioning, I need to be regulated and properly cared for in order to accomplish all of the other things I want in my life, including showing up for my people in the way that I want to, being available for them in the ways that I want to, I know that my boundaries are strong around these areas. And I think there's been a bit of a negative kind of connotation placed on the word boundaries recently. But boundaries aren't like a wall that we put up in between ourselves and other things or people. Or, you know, boundaries aren't something that we force onto others. Because our boundaries belong to us. And no one else is involved in that. So even when we try to impose our boundaries onto others, it's totally out of our hands and none of our business what somebody else does with our boundaries, whether they accept them, whether they reject them. I mean, it really just doesn't matter because our responsibility is to ourselves to uphold those, regardless of what somebody else, how somebody else reacts or what they think about it. And that can be the hard part for us. So 
I have strong boundaries around my self-care because I understand that that it is the way that I build the foundation for everything else that I want to accomplish. That means my commitment is first to myself, to myself, which is different from my schoolwork, my business, my work, or being available for what my job needs, what my friends need, what my family needs, any of those things. Those things are not myself. So self-care isn't about getting things done. And I heard someone say, you know, I have to do this thing because that's taking care of myself too. And I wanted to address it here because there is a difference in paying attention to the things in your life and paying attention to yourself. And I think that we confuse these things because we receive the message and internalize the idea that we are what we do, that we are valuable because of the work that we do, because of what we um, can provide within a system. Our identity is tied to our job, to our education level, to how much money we make to the things we have, to where we live, etc. None of these things are who we are. And yet, we are told that our life needs to progress in a certain way, and we need to be dedicated to school and to work and to the pursuit of status. And I just want to remind you very clearly here that all of that shit is made up. Yes, it exists within the society you live in, because somebody made it up, But you can choose to what degree and how you engage with those ideas. Everything in life is made up at some point, and we can agree to participate or not, and there will be consequences in any case. I also want to remind you that consequences aren't always bad. They are just the result, and sometimes they're fantastic. For me, the consequence of reconsidering the structures we live in and the expectations of society and culture and intentionally choosing which is an evolving practice and it takes much intention daily, the consequences of this, of the reconsidering the structures, of this intentional choosing how I want to participate, consequences of that are that I feel free to create my life the way that I want. I accept my choices and myself and I choose my beliefs and my identity based on my values And my ideas are of what a great life is. And so this is just an example of some really beautiful consequences. In case the word consequence kind of gets in the way and has has kind of a negative connotation for you. So back to this idea that that attention to yourself and attention to your work are very different things. Which is what I really want to, the point that I want to focus on today. We know that self-care and self-regulation and healing and creating space for yourself to just be a human person are very different things than getting the work and school things done. And these things are needed if you want to be a fully functioning human with, you know, cognitive space and energy to dedicate to the things that you want to get done for other people, for work, for school, etc. Self-care, self-regulation, healing, creating space that has to come first. So what if you ask yourself each day, what if you approach each day with the question, what am I committed to today? And if the answer is creating the best experience that you can in this day, the regulation work has to come before the rest because we can't rest if we're not regulated. Your nervous system won't allow it. It doesn't feel safe safe to do so. And that's just not, it's a progression. That's not how it works. (laughs) So we have to be regulated 
before we can rest. And we have to have rest in order to have the the space because when we are dysregulated and stuck in a survival feedback loop, we don't have access to the frontal lobe where our creativity, our logic, reason, long-term planning, learning, memory, all of these things come from. So we're not going to get anything done anyways. So those feelings of like being incredibly overwhelmed, like we can't focus, we can't think, we just can't, we have too much on our plate, we don't know where to start. It's because we are not regulated. So taking just a few minutes to pay attention to ourselves and spend time on ourselves is how we get there. The regulation work has to come first. The nervous system hygiene practice is how we build a routine that helps us get balanced that we are in control of because we are deciding what activity to do, when, for how long, where. And those are all incredibly important pieces for the nervous system to feel safe in. Uncertainty and lack of control equals threat, according to your brain, because it wants to predict everything to keep you alive. Even though it can't, it's only telling a story it's always told before because it doesn't, it can't actually predict the future. So it's just like, oh, what happened before? That's what happened. That's what's going to happen again. It's telling a story it's, it's trying to, to predict the future from a story that has already been told. And if we're trying to create a new story, we're trying to write a new story for ourselves, new patterns for our nervous system to function on, it's going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to get a lot of resistance, internal resistance from your subconscious, from your, your, yourself, because the patterns you have have created who you are. And there isn't a map for what comes next. We have to take it step by step. When we're children, and I guess that can be, that did, that was triggering for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase that. When children are little, it is the adult caregiver's job to make sure that the child's needs are met. And when that doesn't happen, the nervous system patterns in a way to compensate for the care that is lacking, for the safety that is lacking. And we carry those patterns into adulthood. But now it is our responsibility as adults to care for ourselves, to reorganize those patterns and to heal them. Adulting is just figuring out how to parent ourselves in the way that we need now and the ways that we needed when we were young, that we were growing, that we didn't get. Whatever got you to the place that you are now, whatever hurts you, whatever trauma you carry, it's not your fault. But now it is your responsibility to heal from to grow from, to move on forward from, because you are your responsibility. This means figuring out what you need now in these moments, which change all the time from day to day, month to month, seasons, but what you need now to heal, to repattern, to create the experience that you want to be having in this life. And that doesn't mean that you're always going to get what you want or feel great all the time, because that's just not how this human thing works. And it's your responsibility now to work through that with yourself. You don't always get what you want, but it's our responsibility to give ourselves what we need. And it means making ourselves do the things that we don't necessarily want to do because they are good for us and we need them. It's what we need to accomplish in order to get what we want, which is that feeling of living a life that we love, feeling good about the life that we're in, the experiences we're having. You, my friend, have the ability to interact with your nervous system, and that affects how you experience this life. But you have to actually use the tools or they won't work. You are your responsibility. 
This means it is your responsibility as an adult to be the parent you didn't have. Maybe you never had. Maybe you lost. Or maybe you're just grown and your parents don't want to parent you anymore. Whatever the case is. It is your responsibility to be your best friend because you will never spend more time with anyone else. And how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself shape all of your other relationships and interactions. It is your responsibility to give yourself the attention and care that you require in this life. You. No one else can do this for you. Not friends, not a partner, not your parents. And again, that's not to say that we need to do these, you know, we don't need these relationships. But the one you have with yourself, the relationship you have with yourself, creates your life and the foundation for all of the other relationships you have. And we've been introduced to this idea that you aren't complete without your other half in romantic relationships or, you know, what, that you aren't, that you alone aren't enough. And I think this spills out and has an insidious effect on how you think about the rest of your relationship needs, that you alone are not enough. And when it comes to building a stable foundation in yourself and your life so that you can share those things, yourself and your life with others, you are the only one who can do that. And I want to validate that this can be incredibly hard and uncomfortable for those of us who did not learn these things growing up. But that's what this is all about, learning the things that we didn't learn growing up or just haven't yet. And that's what this whole life thing is, as far as I'm concerned, just constant adaptation, learning, growing, healing, adjusting. And so here we are, and we have the ability to choose ourselves now in these moments that we have now. So if this resonated, if you've been feeling like you were missing something from someone else, here are some questions to reflect on. Write them down on paper, because this helps process in a different way than typing or just thinking about it. Question number one. What would happen if you made space and made yourself available for yourself? Because we know we're always making time, making space, making ourselves available for work, for other people, for school, for whatever is outside of us. So what would happen if you made space and made yourself available for yourself? Question number two, what would happen if you gave that time and attention to yourself? What would that do for you? That time and attention that you are giving out everywhere else. And that you need, what if you just gave that to yourself? And you may not know the answer to that until you try it out. Question number three, do you feel like you, like your time and attention are as valuable as someone else's? Why or why not? And question number four, what would it be like to spend time intentionally connecting with yourself, building the relationship with yourself, supporting yourself? So those are some journal prompts for you. And if you want to go deeper into what this looks like, what does it look like to connect with myself, to make space for myself, to pay attention to myself? Because again, we don't all just like grow up learning and understanding what that is or understanding that that's even a thing that we can do, that we are deserving of, or that we can give to ourselves. So a couple of journal prompts and a couple of other things, absolutely not an exhaustive list, but somewhere to start. Creating stillness with your breath. Pay attention to your breath. That is a, an amazing place to start paying attention to yourself. Go through these journal prompts and maybe set an allotted amount of time, set your timer, and practice willingness. 
which is just the practice of accepting how you're feeling right now. Not trying to change it, not trying to push it away, not trying to ignore it. Just paying attention to what it is that you're feeling. Giving that attention to yourself. If you like this, share it with a friend who needs to hear it. My challenge to you this week is to actually take the time to connect with yourself and be the support you need. Don't get me wrong, this is incredibly uncomfortable and um, and pretty difficult when we're not used to it. And it will change your whole life when you make a practice of it. All right, I'm going to leave it there this week. This is a longer episode, so I'm going to let you go. But again, grateful beyond words for your time, for your attention. Give some of that to yourself this week. Thank you so much for being here. I am wishing you the most beautiful week. Until next time, JPB out.